Welcome to the Solo BG Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about solo and cooperative games. We also bring you news, audio unboxings, Kickstarter updates, and interviews with amazing personalities around the industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. And now, here's your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hi, welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. Derek here. And like always, well, Happy New Year. Super excited to be here for another year, you know, with uh, more episodes, with more games, with more fun, with more adventures on the table. And with keep, you know, rolling dice, uh, playing cards, uh, deck building, using deck building mechanics and not the deck building type that you may think like, you know, actually like a handy, handyman work. No, like, I'm, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like deck building with cards, making compass and all the stuff, you know, playing with minis, all that good stuff. I'm very excited that we made it so far to 2022. It's been so long. I think the last episode that we uh, published was on December 16, I think, of 2021. Uh, and now we are in 2022. So happy new year again. I hope you had a happy holidays. I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, season, which, by the way, is my favorite. Uh, and, you know, winter, at least here in America, is the best time, especially if you're like me, around the Midwest, to play board games because it's cold outside, it's chilly outside, there's snow, uh, and, you know, it's just the best time to be here and playing games and letting your mind uh, go and immerse by itself with these fantastic games that we always bring uh, to Solo BG Podcast. And, uh, you know, like always, just to keep the tradition... Uh, we're going to go back in time and we're going to talk about the game or the episode that we did 100 episodes ago, which once again, uh, back then in episode 6, we had a very special one, which was an interview with the Street Master designer, uh, designers, I'm sorry, uh, Bright Brady and Adam Sadler. So we're going to talk about the Street Masters in a little bit. Actually, I think... Uh, during two episodes ago, when we went back and looked at episode four, I told you about the Street Masters a little bit. But before I forget, the music that you hear in the intro, uh, it's actually uh, made, recorded, you know, created, however you want to call it, by my amazing friends, Russian Cowboy. Now, Russian Cowboy, you can find them on Spotify mainly. Uh, and in Instagram as well, you can follow them. They are, um, you know, a local band from here from Indianapolis, Indiana, and they just released a new album, so you can check them out there. Uh, that's the music that you hear at the beginning of the episode, and at the end of the episode, I'm going to put you another track in that way you can enjoy. Now, we're going to talk, today we have a very special one. So whatever you're doing, either if you're in, a, you know, maybe in Europe in a train, or if you're driving towards your work, like I usually do when I'm listening to podcasts, or if you're riding a bike, or if you're just, you know, playing a game, maybe you invite me over your game room, whatever you're doing, I'm going to bring you three special games for this episode. Now, two of those games, I have to make a big disclosure here, two of those games, they were uh, kindly given to me uh, for review purposes, and they were given to me back on Gen Con 2021. Of course, as probably you understand, uh, you know, every week we get more games, uh, either because I just go to a gaming store and buy them, or I just, uh, you know, surf online and buy more stuff, or publishers 
they send more games, which I kindly appreciate. But one of those games that we're going to talk tonight or today or this evening, besides those two, is going to be a Kickstarter. A Kickstarter that I just received. I was a backer and I was very, you know, my experience with the game really surprised me. So I will tell you more about it. And as as you can read on the title of this episode, we're going to talk about role player. We're going to talk about Fantastic Factories and Uprising Curse of the Last Emperor Role Player, which is designed by Keith uh, Matishka uh, and published by Thunderwork Games. Fantastic Factories is published by Deepwater Games and is designed by Joseph C. Chen and Justin Faulkner. And Uprising the Curse of the Last Emperor is by Nemesis Games. So we're going to go in depth into each one of them. Uh, I'm going to tell you all about it, starting with the box, the size of the box, the art, everything, all the aspects like we usually do. Uh, And of course, I'm going to tell you how it plays, just to give you a briefly idea. Of course, this is not a YouTube tutorial or anything like that. Uh, For that, you have great, great uh, videos out there from amazing content creators. If you want to learn how to play the game, here is going to be more about my inputs, which I will do towards the end of each game. Uh, I will give you my rating, of course, like always, going 0 to 5. And I will tell you if I recommend you this game or not, and if that game is going to stay in my library or not. Now, uh, before that, once again, 100 episodes ago, uh, we talked about... Street Masters, and we had on the podcast uh, Brady and Adam from uh, back then Blacklist Games, because now uh, I, I don't think Brady is in Blacklist Games anymore. It's only Adam. Uh, Brady, I think now is um, uh, he has he took a role with Lucky Dog Games, which is a publisher that I love. They make uh, such fantastic games, like Chronicles of Crime, which is one of my favorite. Uh, also, um, Destinies is also by Lucky Dog Game, which is another game that I already brought to the podcast. And I can bring it again all the time because it's a game that I actually enjoy a lot. Uh, but anyway, but back then we had them on the show, very early on the show, once again, six episodes only. And we talk about Street Masters and back then that was the Kickstarter campaign. Back then, uh, Brook City, I believe, was still on Kickstarter and they were coming out with the Aftershock campaign. That was crazy, right? Was That was back in 2018. Street Masters is still in my collection, and I just love it. I love that it's basically, I mean, there's no copyright, but it's basically the IP of Street Fighter, but, you know, with other names for the characters, but in a, in, in a way that you can play it cooperative and solo. And that was actually the first game that they really explode their um, MDS system or modular modular deck system, where you have different decks of cards and you're basically, uh, you know, triggering certain things and certain events during the game in the way, you know, you can be doing uh, different things during a turn. Uh, and that's a game that still stay in my collection. It's been a while since I played it, to be honest with you. Uh, now to the this recording time. But I'm really craving, as I turn in and see it on my gaming library right now, I'm really craving to bring it back and just have a uh, a bunch of adventures. But once again, there's so many games that I want to play. Like, actually, if you look at my table right now, I have the Star Wars Unlock Games, uh, which is uh, a box with three scenarios, I believe. It's like a sort of like a mini campaign of Star Wars and kind of like a game room, escape room, I'm sorry, uh, mechanic, I guess. Uh, and I also have Cthulhu Dead May Die, which is one of my favorite games ever, probably. I also have it here on the table. Uh, I have I got the Batman the Animated Series, the Kickstarter. Remember, I told you about it that I was so excited, and I, you know, I actually, if you go back um, to last month or last year in this case, and you listen to the top five of 2021, Batman is there on them. I won't spoil you which place, so go and go and listen. But um, 
He's there, so I, I just want to play a lot of stuff. And recently, talking about Street Masters, which once again is staying in my collection and still highly recommended, I got a Street Fighter the Miniatures game uh, by Hasco Game or Jasco Games. Now, this is a fully licensed game, and I will tell you this. Um, I try to play it solo with a fan-made version that you can uh, find on, so on BGG, on BoardGameGeek.com, or that you can also find around YouTube. I don't remember exactly the YouTube channel. I'm sorry for not giving the credits. But um, you can find a few solo modes there. Um, but still, like I feel like that game really shines, of course, in a one versus one. But I will tell you this. Components are great, especially the minis are probably the most beautiful um fantastic minis that i have seen in a in a board game i mean the the game is very basic it's just 1v1 uh and you know there's plenty of games out there that they do basically the same that this game do uh and this is an expensive game this, we're talking about a 150 dollar game just for the base one and get uh you got i believe six characters um but it's a very simple game. Now, um, you know, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos around and listening to some podcasts and saying like, well, some people say it's worth it. Some people say it's not worth it. For me, I think that if you are a fan of Street Fighter or if you grew up playing Street Fighters like, like I do and you love the IP like I do, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. It's not my favorite IP ever, but, you know, I really like it. I think it's worth it for for the components and i think the experience that is gonna give you is gonna is gonna be worth it not for solo mode that i will tell you right now but you know if you have somebody to play with now you are paying for the for the minis basically you're paying for getting uh, big miniatures very nice sculptures and very well painted like you can tell the details like it's not like you know when, when you get some games that are mass production of of painted minis that well, they're like whatever quality. No, this is very, very good quality. The shades on the minis, the wash on the minis, like the colors, uh, they pop up very nicely. The effects on the minis that they have, like like Ken and Ryu, they have like, you know, almost like doing the Hoduken. It looks very neat. Uh, Chun-Li, you know, very neat. Um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely, I Sangif is one of my favorite minis. It's, it looks fantastic so i really think it's a game worth worth it for the components and if you really like the ip if you don't care about the ip at all well then then definitely no then definitely go ahead and buy on match or something like that that it will be 30 dollars for the base game so i just wanted to throw out there i mean because i don't think i don't think i would bring this game to do um to do an episode about it so i was like well let me take the opportunity right now to tell you about that game um also i think it, 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 it can work very well i haven't tried though on the tag team version where basically you can have three players or, or even four players you know and choosing like with more characters and tagging and stuff that will be fun or free for all especially if you like wrestling you know like here in america is very popular like wwe and, I, and i'm sure the rest of the world and i'm probably this is the ignorant derek speaking but you know like if you like smackdown and all that kind of stuff raw well this is probably a game that you will like just because you can have that mechanic of tag team and stuff or free for all and just causing a mess the terrain looks pretty cool it, it it's a headache to build it but it's it's pretty cool um and it really really brings uh the atmosphere of 3d on the table uh, actually you can check some pictures on our instagram solo bg podcast so there is a street fighter that's my review for the street fighter it's hard for me to rate this game because it's more like a <clears throat> you know like, uh, I want to have it, collectible kind of game that it will be fun still. Uh, but, um, you know, it has hand management. It has 
you know, dice rolling and stuff. Um, but I think, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a solid game. I will give it probably, if you ask me right now, like, come on, rate it. I'll probably give it a 3.5. And I will say that if if what really affects this game is the price. That's what it is. If this game was, I don't know, 60, 70 bucks, definitely would it be worth it. Definitely probably the rating would be higher. But once again, you're paying for the minis you're paying for, the painted minis you're paying for, all that stuff. So anyway, that's my input for Street Fighters, the miniature game. Even if, if it wasn't planned to be on this episode, well, you know, it just came. It just came floating towards the table of Solo BG. Anyway, let's start with the show. Let's start with the first game, which is going to be role player. I will tell you all about it because the, we will be including one of the expansions. And um, this is going to be very important. Now, I know you can think, well, you're late to the party, Derek, because now we are in role player adventures and all this stuff. Well, I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I really want to try role player adventures also, but um, I really wanted, I played this game a few times already and I really wanted to bring it uh, to you. Uh, in that way, you can you can hear my experience, and then we're gonna jump into Fantastic Factories, and then we're gonna save for the last, the big one, the Kickstarter Uprising Curse of the Last Emperor. So, with that being said, let's keep listening to good, uh, you know, uh, atmospheric, I guess, epic music, uh, and we just gonna be right back after this. So with that music, we're ready to kick in, right? Why not? Uh, role player, once again, designed by Keith Matishka. Uh, I hope I pronounced it correctly, but it's M-A-T-E-J-K-A or Matishka. I don't know how to say it. But anyway, a dice game of fantasy character creation by Thunder War Games. The size of the box is basically um, 12 inch high, basically, and probably 6. So it's a little bit smaller than your usual board game box. Uh, it's a game that you can play a, a 10 euro plus one to four players 60 to 90 minutes play, uh, per play time on the on the base game and role player mighty heroes don't just appear out of thin air they must be created race class alignment skills straight and equipment are all elements of the perfect hero ready to take on the opposition in the quest for glory and riches in role player, you compete with your opponents to create the greatest fantasy adventure who has ever lived, preparing to embark on an epic quest. And once again, the designer, I already mentioned it, Keith, uh, the graphic design is Luis Franco, and the illustrations are by John Ariosa. Uh, let's look at the rating on BGG, by the way, because I have it here, ready for, for you, so don't think I came uh, unprepared. So for role player... On BGG, uh, its rank overall is 200, 209. Uh, strategy is 153. It was a game published in 2016, uh, and it has a rating of 7.5, uh, and with a weight complexity of 2.4 out of 5. And the audience there uh, thinks that it plays, or the community thinks that it plays better with three players. Uh, which, by the way, watch. By the by the way, watch it play. It has an awesome. Uh, tutorial uh, video of this game. I use it to learn it. Uh, role player. As soon as you open it, now I have to say, big disclosure. I'm gonna talk about the game and uh, 
expansion because as soon as you open my box, I put everything in one box. So you will have the two rule books. One for the base game, uh, and in this case, we're going to have the monsters and minions expansion, the rule book. First with the base game, what do we have here in the rule book? We have a 16 double-sided uh, page. Very nice and straightforward rules. Uh, fortunately for this game, there's no need, or I, I didn't find the need uh, other than watching Watch It Play um, that to go to BGG and look for something on the forums. No, nope. I mean, it was great that everything was here. I mean, after I watched the video, of course. Um, but I can tell that it will be a very straightforward rulebook, so that's always a plus. Now, on the back, it brings what I really like on games, when you get a quick reference. And also on this game, you're going to have uh, many quick reference as you open the cards and, you know, the different package of cards, just because they did a, they did a really good job of putting those there in that way. You can have them as a reminder. And in that way, the rounds can go um, in a more smooth way. Now, what are we going to find inside the box for our, the base game of role player? Well, you're going to get a very nice dice cloth bag, uh, 60 gold, uh, which they're like tokens, uh, 73 dice, you know, we're going to have it in different colors, green, blue, red, purple, black, white, gold. Uh, you're going to get the character sheet, six, six actually. Uh, the charisma tokens, bunch of cards, you know, player aids, class cards, backstory cards, alignment cards, market cards, initiative cards. Uh, you're going to get the tracking tokens and this uh, rule book, which once again, it has cool illustrations as you go through the pages, uh, you know, very nice um a straightforward rule book. Now, components uh, like we, like I told you, we're gonna find some good stuff in there, uh, which I'm gonna tell you about the components towards the end. So, what are you gonna be doing in role player, basically? So, here is the thing: with role player, you're basically rolling a bunch of dice in order to try to figure out how to build your, um, you know, your RPG character, basically. Um, if you are uh, someone that plays a lot of RPGs, well. This is going to sound very appealing to you, I believe. If you are like me, that you don't play RPGs as often or very randomly or very, you know, once in a blue moon, then still I think this is going to sound interesting to you. So first you're going to get your character, right? You're going to get, you know, who you want to be. Uh, of course, you don't want to choose the human. The human slower is boring, but you want to choose something fun uh, so you can be a dragon or something like that. And then after that, well, also you're going to get uh, different things with your character, right? You're going to get uh, alignment cards, which of course is going to show you what are you aligned. So for example, let's say I'm an elf. I will get a, you know, an alignment card, which is basically is going to help me to score more points. Uh, it's going to get my class as well. I can be a bard, for example, uh, you know, which it will bring me some charmingness, I guess, to my adventure. Uh, and just like the Witcher, well, you need to have a good song for, for your adventure. It also, that card is going to have you some um, some aspects for a roleplay, from a roleplayer game that is going to help you to uh, score victory points, such as, you know, strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. And then, of course, you're going to get also a backstory, you know, like what's going on with you. Like, for example, if I want to be accelerated, uh, and it will tell, like, I'm just going to make up something like a crazy story, like, you know, I, I belong to to a town of good people, but I always was the reckless elf and they expelled me because I was trying to hunt the witch even if they told me not to or something like that, you know, something cool like that. But also that backstory is going to help you to try to, you know, place a particular dice color in particular sections in that way you can score 
uh, points. So that's basically how the game is going to start. Then you're going to roll a certain amount of dice and you're going to start to place them, but be careful when you place them because once again, you want to med a certain amount on, according to your class, on strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma, like I mentioned. But also, you want to place the different colors in certain locations to give you points, like, like uh, it tells you on your backstory. Now, for each of your attributes, you're going to have three slots to put. Like for strength, for strength, you're going to have three, for dexterity, three, so on and so forth. So you have to be very, very, very careful when you place your dice at the beginning. Also, every time that you place a die on an attribute, uh, you can do an ability such as, you know, flipping the die. For example, when you do strength, like you can flip it from one to six or six to one, vice versa. Or uh, when you use dexterity, you can swap them. Uh, when you use constitution, you can lower the value of any die by one or increase it by one. When you do intelligence, well, you can reroll any die. When you do wisdom, you can move a little bit of your alignment there because your alignment will have spaces. You're going to put a cube there. It's going to be like a, a, a three by three grid, basically. And it's going to have some sp some spaces where you can score points and your cube is going to start in the middle of that three by three grid. So when you use the wisdom, you can move that cube around in order to be at the end of the game on top of that victory point marker. And with charisma, you can get a discount when you go to the market. You To the market? Hold on, hold on. What do you mean going to the market? Well, after you do your setup, well, you're going to roll dice. Um, you know, you're going to place them on initiative cards. And then you're going to choose, uh, you know, which die you want to get after they roll, and you're going to take it, and you're going to place it, and you're going to do your stuff, your combos, moving around, trying to f figure out about that puzzle to score points at the end of the game. Then you're going to go uh, to the market phase, where you can buy car. You can buy a card or gain two gold by discarding a card from the market. You're going to get gold during the game. Uh, and then you can buy cards such as straight trade cards, you know, which it will allow you to move some stuff, you can get some weapons, some clothes, some some cool abilities that you can buy on the market, which they also can give you victory points. Then, you know, uh, then you're going to go to the cleanup phase where basically you're going to refresh everything, you're going to discard any charisma token because those ones are, you have to use them every round or you lose them. Uh, you're going to return all the unused dice pool to the bag. Uh, you're going to draw new market cards. You're going to add gold to the initiative cards because some of the cards will have some gold on it. And if you choose those cards from the market, then you get the gold as well. And, you know, and then you pass it back full of dice to the player on your left and you keep going. And you're going to be doing that multiple times until you are able to build your character with different dice. And then you're going to try to score, of course. So, for example, if in the strength you needed to be in a 14 or 15, well, you're going to count the total sum of those three dice that you put in strength. And if you are there, then, well, you're going to get some points and so on and so forth for, for each attribute. Also, then you're going to look, that's for your, as far as your uh, class, then you're going to go to your backstory and then you're going to see if you place the correct dice in the correct, the correct space with the correct colors. And they will also give you points according to how many you did in that puzzle. And then you're going to check uh, in your alignment card as well to see where you add if you're on top of victory points or minus or positive victory points. In that way, you can add those to your score. Um, then gold are also going to give you victory points at the end of the game. And whoever has the most points win. And that's it as far as the base game, um, you know, uh, for, for a role player. Now, Talking about the expansion, though, and here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting part, I'm sorry. Talking about the expansion, role player, monsters, and minions. You're going to get a rule book with this expansion, of course, and it's a very, very nice, I, I really like it, uh, 10 pages double-sided rule book, which at the back, once again, is going to have a quick reference of how the game is going to play now. Uh, you're going to have some minions and monsters with this um, 
expansion, of course, just like the name. But you also gonna get some extra dice that they call boost dice, which basically go all the way to seven and they don't stop at six. So they add one more value to your to your possibilities, right? Are you also gonna get combat dice, which they will help you to battle minions and hunt uh during a hunt i'm sorry and the monster during the final battle because yes there's going to be some monsters that we're going to try to battle as well you're going to get more marker cards such as more marker cards i'm sorry such as scrolls uh the monster cards which is the big big boss that you want to play at the end for example the kraken and you're going to get the different minion cards like goblins uh so you're going to get a bunch of tokens more like injury tokens honor tokens charisma tokens gold experience points cubes which is something new on the expansion uh, you know, and you get a, a very cool nine uh, one star player token, which looks like very, very cool. Um, and then, you know, you're going to get all those components to add it to 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 your base game. Uh, now, what are we doing here uh, with the new expansion? Well, a call to arms an abomination is terrorizing villages through the kingdom, leaving behind a path of death and destruction. The king has summoned all able bodied adventurers to return to the capital and organize a plan to rid the kingdom of this menace. In role player monsters and minions, players compete not only to construct the greatest fantasy characters, but also to gather information about the looming threat and prepare for a final showdown against the beast. The more prepared the adventures are for the battle, the better they'll fare. Uh, but that information isn't free. Gather details from the monster minions for the fight ahead. Where is the monster layer? What obstacles will be along the way? How will strike next? Players earn additional reputation stars by driving back the evil monster and its minions. The player with the most impressive reputations wins the game and becomes heir to the kingdom. So now we're talking about, now we are, in, are we adding more story to the game and not only building a character just for nothing. Okay, so what is the difference here with this game? Of course, like I said, you're going to have another phase which is going to call the hunt where you're trying to go after minions and you also have a big, big last, last uh, monster, beast, kraken, however you want to call it, vampire uh, that you want to kill. So the main difference other than the base game, right? Like you're going to be doing basically the same uh, 80 or 75% of the game, which is rolling dice, buying from the market, trying to place it, you're going to get the backstory, you're going to get the alignment, you're going to get the class, and I choose your character. It comes with more cool characters, the expansion, actually. Um, and then you're going to do all those things for victory points. But also, also, you're going to go on a hunt, like I mentioned. So um, the way it's going to work is that, in, in you know, uh, when each player visits the market, you will do one of the one of one of many things. You either can buy a card, you know, um, you can you can buy a trade like we talk about it and move the alignment card. You can buy a skill card, you know, you can use it right away to have some abilities, or uh, you can buy a scroll card, which uh, you know you're gonna do an action that is gonna be described on that card. Um, you can gain two gold once again for discarding a card to the market, or you can go on a hunt. And, and battle a minion, right? That you're going to see which minion is it. Uh, if, you, if you're able to kill the minion, well, the, you will take the minion as a, as a trophy, of course. And you're going to be able to look at the next um, adventure card. Now, some minions, they will have a, a, like a trophy on their card. And that will mean that you will, have, you will be able to discover more information on the monster. So each monster or final boss is going to start with three tokens. Location, um, you know... Uh, is the location, what is, hold on, let me go back here, because I totally forgot, and I apologize for that, it's three different things, so you get um, the location, obstacle, and attack, 
So once you get once you get to defeat that minion, well, you're gonna get experience cubes as well, and you're gonna be able to discover one of those tokens. And as you keep progressing on the game, keep hunting, you will be able to see secretly what are those three cards uh, from that monster, right? And they will really help you to make more damage to him. Um, so that's another option that you can do during the game. Then you're gonna go to your cleanup just like on the base game. But then, 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 once your character is complete, then you're gonna fight. And how you're gonna fight minions and monsters is very similar. When you fight a minion, you're gonna get combat di combat dice according to your attributes and that uh, monster or minion condition. And you're gonna gather combat dice, and you're basically trying to achieve a number, let's say 16, rolling three or four dice. Uh, in that way, you can probably defeat the monster and get some uh, uh, reputation stars, but also get some experience points and hopefully a trophy, which it will be a location or obstacle or attack from the monster. Um, so for the so from the bad guy, from the main bad guy, the boss or the monster, the kraken, whatever you want to call it, is going to be almost the same. Now, the important thing here is that you can make a decision of expending experience points to hire more dice, basically, more uh, mercenaries for your combat. So you can spend those experience points to bring more mercenaries to increase your odds of killing that monster because the monster will have a health that you have to reach at least, but also it's going to have different um, sections of numbers. So let's say 14 is going to give you three victory points, uh, 24 24, uh, 6, 28, or more, uh, 10. Let's just make something right. So if you're able, depending where you land on your results of your combat die, well, that's the points that you're going to get. Uh, you can die if you don't kill the monster. And that's usually how it works for the solo mode. So the solo mode, um, basically, you're going to be building your character. You're going to have a, a, a bot, basically, that is going to be taking cards from the market away from you uh, each turn. And then at the end, the only condition is that you need to defeat uh, the the main boss. And if you're not able to defeat it, well, you lose the game. But if you're able to defeat it, then you're going to count, you know, how many points you did. If you did uh, minus 23 or below 23, you're going to be an NPC. If you're 24, 27, hireling. If you're 28, 31, adventure. 32, 34, luminary, and so on and so forth. Until you can become the monster slayer with 44 or more, which that's super hard. But anyway, that's how it basically plays in, two, in the two modes, competitive and so and that's it now let's talk about my inputs on the game components i think components are great to begin with with the base game uh you know the the, the character boards they're cardboard but they have different spaces such as like uh you know it, it kind of gives me the feeling of too many bones right where you have particular slots when you're going to play your dice and they're not going to move they're going to stay there so components are great the cardboard is great on, on, on this game, the tokens are, you know, whatever, very standard, sturdy cardboard to board tokens. The dice quality is fantastic. There's are great dice, great colors, very fun to, to look at them on the table. We all, of course, love to roll dice, so you will roll a lot of dice here, especially if you play the solo mode. Rule books are a big plus for me because they're very straightforward. Uh, once again, for the expansion, I didn't have to look at anything. I just read like the you know, really quick through the rulebook, which once again is 10 double-sided pages. Very easy, very friendly. Um, you read, you see, and that's it. You get to play right away. Uh, I highly recommend if you can, especially uh, because conventions are coming again this year, hopefully. Uh, we're going to be in Gen Con, hopefully. But if you're able to uh, find it on their website or on the conventions, the um, 
promo uh, boss uh, cards. They're very cool because they're like kind of like holographic cards. So that's those are fantastic. By the way, I did a post on Instagram about, I don't know, like a month ago. You know, making the effect of the boomerang of the card is pretty cool. Uh, you can check it out. Check it out. So BG podcast. But um, yeah, definitely the expansion, um, you know, adds a lot. Components for both both uh, things, the base game and these expansions are great. Now, what do I think? I think about the game. So it's different because, and it's weird. If I had to, to take in consideration just the base game, the role player base game, I think it's a fun game, but it feels incomplete. I played the base game probably like one time, like two years and a half ago, kind of. Uh, and I remember didn't liking it, the base game, without the monsters, without the minions, nothing. Because for me, it was like, okay, I was I was building my character, right? Like, so I'm, okay, I'm getting this in a strength and this in a sturdy. Okay, well, that's cool. Rolling this die. Okay, I want to get this car, this weapon and this clothes and this and that. And then you build a character and it's like, okay, now what? Well, you build it. Okay, but now what? Well, that was it. You build your character. And I was like, oh man, like, I don't know. It, it, felt, it felt incomplete. But then with the expansion, now that character has a purpose, right? So that's, it's a completely different game here. Um, and I can definitely not seeing this game be played without the expansion. Because once again, it feels incomplete. Now, I don't know about the other expansion, the Friends and Familiars thing, or it's Friends and Foes or something like that, um, which I think it just add more um, monster cards and stuff. But um, I don't think you, I don't, I don't think I will be able to play this game with that expansion, to be completely honest with you. It feels like a, a, a complete game when you bring the expansion and the game. Um, it's one of those weird situations where the expansion is really necessary, like super, super uh, necessary. Uh, so if I have to rate the base game, um, definitely I will probably give it a 2.5, just the base game of role player going from 0 to 5, which it will be a low score. Um, if you put both games together, right, is definitely probably at 3.7, like very close to the solid four, because it feels different. It feels smooth. It feels fun. It feels uh, entertaining. You have a purpose. You have a kind of like a story, you know, besides your background and all this stuff. Um, you also want to kill that minion, especially if you're playing competitive, because you don't want the other player to get that treasure. You you don't want the other player to get those experience points. But oh man, you really want this car on the market too, because if you don't, if you go and hunt, you're not gonna buy. But the other character is gonna buy. The other person is gonna buy. So you know, it, it pushes you through those kind of situations where it's fun. It's really, really, really fun, and it really uh, helps the implementation of the expansion with this game. Uh, I think the expansion by itself, if have, if, if, which is weird because I never do it, but if I have to rate an expansion just by itself, I think this expansion is a 5 out of 5 just because all that it brings to the game. So, I don't know if it makes sense, but it basically complements the game on, or it ended up building the game of what I think it should is supposed to be since the beginning. So it's definitely a game that I will keep in my collection. Just because I'm really enjoying it, a 3.7, almost a 4, it's a very solid rating for me. Now, do I recommend this game solo or competitive? Definitely, right off the bat, I think this game really shine in competitive. Um, I think solo, and once again, this is me, it's just a beat-your-own-score game, 
Okay. Yes, you have the monster even with the expansion, and you know you you, you want to kill the you want to kill the monster because if you don't kill it, well, you don't win. But I played it a couple of times, and it's very hard not to kill the monster. Like you will almost kill it like every single time. Also, I mean, it has a what I think it's it's a, seems like a flaw on the design where um, you know you will always put a, a, a gold token on the, on the initiative card number two, which it will be on the middle of the market basically. Um, and you, if you, you're going to place the die there probably in that way you can, you, you can take that gold. Uh, but since you have more, you have your, the choices of where you want to place your dice, uh, after you roll them on the initiative cards, well, it's kind of like, I, I think that honestly, like 99% of the times I just place it on that initiative card and that way I could get the token. Now you can, the gold token, you can risk it, you know, because probably you really want another card and let's say the bot rolls a number that is going to mess you up and take those cards away from you. Well, that can happen, but it's not going to ruin your game either. So in my opinion, or at least on my, on my, on my uh, playthroughs, which there were like five. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just... I just feel like it's probably it feels more like a training and like a beat your own score kind of thing, uh, versus the competitive. It really brings the like the the, the tension and interaction between the players. Even if you build, everybody's doing their own thing, building the character. Well, you know, um, I think it has that um, tension about who goes hunting. But I want that car. You want that car. I know you really want this. I know you really want to find out the location. Well, let me kill this guy, and that way you don't get it. In that way you don't get those experience points. In that way, I can be the more powerful at the end. Try to hurt hire more mercenaries to defeat the monster with the highest score and stuff. So I really think, I really think it shines better as competitive. With that being said, if you have somebody to play with, we'll definitely grab it and just, you know, have a training on the solo mode. Uh, For solo mode, unless you're a huge RPG fan, well, otherwise, just, I would recommend just to play it for before you buy it. But once again, role player with monsters or minions, uh, you know, a 3.7, almost a 4, a very, very fun game. I recommend that it. it's going to stay on my gaming library. Uh, and, you know, with that being said, uh, thank you so much to Thunderworld Games for giving us a review copy of the game. Can't wait to hang out with you guys again on Gen Con 2022. With that being said, let's go with the next game, which is now we're going to have a trip to the factory area of the city. So let's go right now, and we're back after this. I should have put like a more like industrial music, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, fantastic factories, uh, build, train, manufacture. It's a one to five players, forty-five to sixty-minute game, fourteen euro plus. Published by Deep Water Games and Meta Factory Games. Designed by Joseph C. Chen and Justin Faulkner. Uh, big thank you to uh, Deep Water Games. They were at Gen Con once again 2021 and they hand me a fantastic copy of Fantastic Factories uh, with the neoprene mat. And I really appreciate it because, you know, everybody that supports the podcast, it means a lot to me. It really does because, you know, uh, we, we, we've we been doing this for, <laughs> it's going to be four years now, uh, this year, but 
I mean, we, we're trying to achieve more things. So we're trying to do better for you at the end of the day. And now remember that this podcast belongs to the uh, Dice Tower Network. So check other fantastic podcasts over there because, you know, the Dice Tower Network, it's always aiming for more good and fun stuff for all of us. Uh, fantastic Factory, let's jump in. Before we open the box, uh, let's jump into the BGG, uh, uh, you know, data. Uh, rank overall 650, 658, strategy 370. Uh, a rating is 7.5 Fantastic Factories. Uh, it was published on 2019. Uh, one to five players, like I mentioned, it's best with three, with a weight complexity of 2.16 out of five. Uh, so let's open the box. Let's see what we find inside. So the first thing you're gonna find, of course, is the rule book. Uh, what are we gonna be? What are we gonna be doing actually in in Fantastic Factories? Well, race against other players to build the most efficient set of factories in the fewest number of rounds. Carefully manage your blueprints, train your workers, and manufacture as many goods as possible in order to achieve industrial dominance. Um, and once again, the box, I didn't talk about the box, actually. The art is great. Uh, you have, like, this very cool uh, uh, cartoonish factory uh, on the main cover. The, the box is color colorful. It's nice. It's appealing. And the size, it's lower than a 12 by 12. So it's a very small box that you can fit pr pretty much um, anywhere. And the rule book is going to be, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, 16 double-sided pages, which once again, thank you. You have a quick reference on the back of how you're going to set up the game, how you're going to play the round, uh, you know what you're going to do, when the game is going to end, and how you're going to score. Now, what are we going to find inside the box? Well, components-wise, why not? Like we, we like we found with role players, more colorful dice. We have, uh, you know, four red dice, four blue, four green, four purple, four yellow, and eight frosted white dice. You're going to get energy tokens, metal tokens, good tokens, goods. Goods, not good. Good and goods, plural. Token. Uh, two label tokens, blueprint cards, contractor uh, cards, first player token, headquarter boats, player eight cards, and solo player eight card. Yes, because you can play this game solo, believe it or not. Uh, so what are you going to, for the setup, well, you're going to lay out, uh, you know, the different two label tokens. Uh, and there's four different ones that so you're going to place them basically on a row. And then you're going to reveal a contract for each token and a blueprint for each token. And you're going to give uh, to start the game to every player, two energy, one metal, and four dice from their caller. And each player is going to have a compound basically in a headquarters. So what are you going to do on your round, on your turn? You're going to have a market phase and a work phase. So... Uh, you know, in turn order, each player will basically pay one metal or one energy to discard and refill one marketplace row, um, you know, just if you want to. Then, uh, number two, you can gain a blueprint from the marketplace for free, or you can hire a contractor by discarding a card with the correct tool. Remember those ones that you placed at the beginning of the game, because... Uh, the cards will have those symbols on the corner. Then you're gonna be, able, then you're gonna fill the marketplace. Now the fun's gonna start. You're gonna roll the dice every player simultaneously or by turn, however you want. You're gonna roll the dice, and then you're gonna place your dice in any order on the headquarters. And the headquarters are gonna give you bonus, and you're gonna get different cool things. For example, you can research, which you can put any dice uh, value to get one blueprint card. But if you're able to pay uh, to play uh, three. I'm sorry, two of the same, you will get an extra. You will get three cards. If you're able to play three of the same, well, you're going to get uh, five cards. So it just depends on how you want to do it. Then 
Of course, you can generate as well uh, by placing a dice one, two, or three, and you can get energy according to the uh, value of the dice that you play. Or you can get metal by going to your mine, uh, placing a four, five, or six. Each one of them will give you one mine. And basically, this is an engine builder game that you will be trying to build your blueprints in order to get victory points uh, or, or to get goods, better said. So, for example, an incinerator will require you two metal, two, one energy, I'm sorry, to build. And then it will have an ability that you will be able to trigger either ongoing abilities or one-time abilities. It just depends on how you do it. Um, and uh, you're going to get rewards. You're going to get goods. And basically, you're going to be trying to build those cards, trying to build your engine, playing different combos in order to achieve uh, your goal of getting goods. And the game will end once someone has manufactured 12 or more goods or has built 10 or more buildings in their compound. So basically, you're going to try to decide where, well, you're going to be trying to do, do different combos in the way you can get goods, or you're just trying to build stuff in the way you can finish the game as soon as you can. In that way, you can trigger the end of the game and then victory points, get victory points for cards. So once the game is done, basically, uh, you know, each player is going to add their number of goods, uh, the goods they manufacture, plus the amount of prestige on buildings, because each building will also give you prestige, which translates to victory points. And whoever has the most victory points at the end wins the game. As simple as that. Uh, Fantastic Factories is just a simple engine builder game that plays very well. Now, on the solo mode, uh, you're going to be rolling uh, bot dice as well, and they're going to be doing different things. They're going to be taking cards from the market and and, and and blueprints as well, and they're going to be stacking blueprints in order to get more goods in a faster way. So uh, either they trigger the end of the game or you trigger the end of the game, and then it's basically a fight of who scores uh, more. Fantastic Factories is a very smooth short very easy to learn game i've been trying this game with many different people including non-gamers and this is where we're going to jump in my review part of the game uh, it really surprised me how well received it was by non-gamers they loved it um, they really had a blast it was easy for me to teach the game and they got it without any problem uh, i tried it solo as well solo plays beautifully very smooth very fun it really mimics the um, the kind of the feeling that someone is there trying to to do like a take this take that kind of thing <laughs> towards your game and towards your plans uh so it is it, really fun uh definitely worth getting the neoprene mat i will say that but if you don't get it the components anyway just from the main game they're great i think fantastic factories is one of those engine builders that you really appreciate appreciate or i really appreciate and really want to keep in my collection uh honestly and this is where i learned my lesson again on the podcast in spanish which is solo bg podcast in espanol uh my good friend el chino like on episode four episode five he brought this game to the table to the conversation and he was saying that it was probably his favorite engine builder ever um when i look at the game right to be completely honest with you, you know me. You know I like thematic games. You know I like immersive games and all that kind of stuff. When I see this game, it just, it wasn't appealing to me. I was like, well, yeah, whatever. Another engine builder, you know, factories. Yeah, I don't care about that. I want I want Cthulhu. I want this. I want that, you know. Uh, you know me. But anyway, I was very glad that I got, in, I got to play this game. And it was because, of course, the publisher, Deepwater Games, they gave me a review copy. Because... I really like 
I think this game from from the rating that I'm gonna I'm gonna give is gonna be a solid. I'm gonna give it a solid four. I think this game plays plays very 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 well and smooth, and it's a fun game. It gives me a similar experience, even if it's different though, to another play that a game that I just recently played uh, called Furnace, uh, which I know is making a lot of noise around there. Um, it gives me the kind of same feeling where just making, trying to make combos and stuff, and it's fun. And it really, it really lasts forty-five to sixty minutes. It won't go longer than that, even with four players. So, I mean, of course, if you're talking and drinking, whatever. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're playing as you're supposed to be doing, well, it will take a four-player game uh, forty-five to sixty minutes. I haven't tried it with five. No, not, I'm lying. I tried with five one time, and it was like an hour and thirty. Um, so yeah, makes sense. So. Fantastic Factories, highly recommended. For solo mode, works great too. Uh, if you ask me, if you're a solo, solo, solo player, like you don't play with anyone else, if I recommend this game, I think I am. I think I will recommend this game. I think this game is great if you're a solo player and you don't and you don't have too much experience with engine builders or you don't have too many engine builders in your collection. I think it's a great game. I think you will have fun. Um, even if you're a completely a solo player, like you will have fun. Now, if you're a solo player, but you can play with someone else too, or with friends, well then, I mean, definitely, what are you waiting for? <laughs> fantastic Factories, it's a fantastic game. Once again, a four out of five for me, and I really, really highly recommend this game to you, my friends. With that being said, let's keep listening to epic immersive music because the big chunk of the cake... <laughs> It's about to come. After that epicness, of course, we are with an epic game. About a year and a half ago, I was on Kickstarter. <laughs> I always like to to um, to tell this like almost like a telling story, right? Um, I was on Kickstarter, right, and then my good friend Caleb texts me, and he's like, "Hey, did you see this new game coming up with uh, acrylic standees? Like no minis, just acrylic standees." Like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me take a look. Um, and it's a, it's a Euro game though. So, you know, kind of like a Euro, I guess feels Forex game and all this stuff, you know? So just to think about it. And of course, Derek doesn't think about it. He's like, yeah, let's, let's go. I like it. I, I'll pledge. I, I will do the pledge. Uh, you know, the theme looked cool. The art, the art looks cool back then. Go for it. Normal pledge. Are you going to, are you not going to go for the all in Derek? No, no, no. I don't just, just a basic pledge. Okay. So you don't, you don't get the expansion or the extra dice. No, no, no. Just the base game. Okay, cool. So I backed it and I received it about a month and a half ago. And we're talking about Uprising, Curse of the Last Emperor um, by Nemesis Game. Big, 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 big box. Very, very uh, thick. Uh, 12 by 12, but it's a big box. You have a lot on it. You get Game Trace, which we're going to talk about components uh, at the end when I uh, 
do my uh, impressions on the game. Before I open the box, let's go to Board Game Geek and see what they say about Uprising. Curse of the Last Emperor, rank overall 3053. Strategy 1299. Rating 8.7. Wow. A game that it was released in 2021. Now, careful though, 320 ratings. So, as always, that you want to take in consideration when you're looking at a stats from BGG. One to four players, best with three, according to community. You know, that's weird. Like, the games that we talked today, they all say that it's best with three. Which, with and Fantastic Factories, yes, I agree, but the solo mode is great too. Uh, playing time, 120 minutes to 240 minutes. That's accurate. It's a long game. Age uh, 13 year old plus. Weight complexity of 3.76 out of 5. It's a complex game. Designers are Cornelius Kremin, Paolo Maserk, and Dirk Sommer. The artist is Igor Desik, Bartek Fredrik and Dirk Sommer. And the publisher is Nemesis Game, which I believe it's a new publisher. So, let's open the box of a Bryson Curse of the Last Emperor. <laughs> That's a big box I'm trying to open it here in front of you. Okay, the first thing we're going to get is the board. Very solid. Oh, not only one board. You're going to get another board. You're going to get another board. It's three boards that they're going to occupy your table. And then you're going to get a combat sequence uh, cheat sheet card and uh, placing an activation cheat sheet on the other side, um, you know, which more stuff. You're going to be looking at the rulebook multiple times during the game, my friend. I will tell you that. Then you're going to get their rulebook. Now, their rulebook, I like how it comes with the, like with a kind of like a binder and like... You know, like if you know what I mean, <laughs> I guess. Um, and it's, uh, let me tell you how many pages. It's a 59 double-sided pages uh, with an index at the end. And a thank you, why not, on page 58. And at the on the end of, or on the back of the rulebook, you get the icons and card reference. And the hex, because it's going to be with hexes. And all the cards that... You're going to get on the game. So what do we find inside the game? So, well, let me tell you what is Uprising Curse of the Last Emperor. Uprising Curse of the Last Emperor is a fully, 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 fully cooperative, cooperative, strategically challenging and deeply immersive experience for one of four players. The game takes place on the islands of Asul, a backwater of the known world and one of the last remaining pockets of civilization. You take on the leadership of a formerly enslaved faction, the Fierce Crow, or Crow, I don't know how to say it, but whatever. The unbending Durkar, the mysterious drone, and the vengeful Mohyar, and lead their uprising against the broken remnants of the Empire. But be aware for against... Uh, be aware, I'm sorry, for beyond frozen sea lurks as far as great danger, the hordes of chaos driving by an insatiable hunger, are on their way to a soul. Both will fight you and fight each other if they can. So the goal of the game is for all players individually to have more victory points than the Empire and the Chaos. Chaos at the end. And you can gain victory points by defeating the armies of the Empires and, com and Chaos in combat. Ha! <laughs> like if it's an easy thing to do. Providing shelter to the survivors by building heavens. That's more easy to do. Or solving quests. That's very lucky based. At the end of the game, each player has more. Vi if each player has more victory points than both Chaos and the Empire, you all win together. So like I mentioned, it's a fully, fully cooperative game. They call this a 4X game. 
you know, explore, uh, exterminate, whatever, whatever. You know what a forex is. <laughs> okay, what are you going to get inside the game? You're going to get 32 action points, very very nice crystals. Uh, you're going to get resources that are common tokens or wooden tokens if you um, got the, the all-in, basically. You get uh, legion cards, horde cards, quest cards, hero cards, uh, event cards, druid cards, item cards, feed cards. You get the four different player boards. You get the chaos horde standees, which they're fantastic. I will tell you on my on my impression at the end. Imperial legion standees, heroes standees, uh, units standees, activation tokens, skeleton standees, core standees. Uh, you get the heavens, 3D heavens, which they're very cool. Walls and towers, which they work perfectly on the heavens. Uh, you get target tokens, victory points token, hexes, and garrisons. The garrison, the garrisons, garrison, the garrisons, they are really cool. And then a very um, not liking first player token. I really don't like this first player token on the game. Um, and that's it. Now, <laughs> um, this game has a lot of stuff on the box, okay? You get the boards once again. Depending on who you want to be, you want to be the Durkar. And you can choose between, uh, you know, the basically male and female characters. And he will tell you a back story. Very cool for each uh, faction. You know, a lot of them, they're coming from different uh, places. Like they're nomads and traders and stuff. Uh, or they can be tribes and riders and herders. Or they can be collectives. Uh, you know, things like that. So it just depends. Every faction works very different. Um, what are you going to be doing in Uprising? Of course, I it will be super dumb from my end to try to teach you how to play this game. Because I have played this game more than seven times. And I still kind of take a look at the rulebook just to some clarifications. What are you going to be doing? A lot of stuff. When I say a lot, it's a lot. <laughs> um, you're going to be exploring. You're going to be fighting. You're going to be building heavens. You're going to be uh, doing quests. So um, the game in one of the boards is going to have like a checkpoint uh, thing that you're going to be doing every every round, right? So you're going to be, uh, you know, having an item uh, market. You're also going to have a quest area. You're going to have... You know, an event that is going to be triggered. You're going to be playing. If you want to play a short game or, or they call it like tutorial game, you can play two chapters. Uh, if you want to play a decent game, you know, like a like a nice experience, it will be three chapters. And if you want to go full X, full 4X, uh, then you're going to play the, fir- the four chapters. So basically, on the game, when it's uh, your turn, well, um, you're going to be collecting uh, resources from the heavens that you build from the excess victory points so on and so forth uh, and then with those resources you're going to be building your armies on heavens that you have on the board in each heaven that you have in each x hex i'm sorry you're going to be uh bringing uh your army you know you're going to bring in range uh guys range warriors you're going to be bringing some melee warriors you're going to be bringing some cool guys that they're you know mount- mounting like let's say a buffalo or something like that a beast um, and you're gonna get powerful guys with you if you can afford them, right? With those resources that you that you got, and then uh, during your turn, you're gonna be taking actions. You know, you're gonna each character will have about, you know, depends, but like usually eight uh, action tokens, and then you're gonna be moving with those actions tokens. You're gonna be basically action selection, choosing one uh, pearl, one little uh, red, uh, very nice piece of stone 
putting on the moving there on your on your on your board and then you can move one space with your hero. Your hero doesn't count as a unit though, which is something very cool. The hero just moves around the the board and he doesn't care and he's just exploring and getting resources and stuff. Uh, so you can move, you can explore, you can quest with your hero. Uh, you can build a heaven with your your hero with your hero as long as there's no enemy uh, on that hex or a curse. Uh, and you can be doing all this. You can trade with your with your other fellow players, uh, even if they're not your friends, though, because it tells you in the rulebook that you know you know that the other tribes are also uprising and trying to defeat the chaos and the empire, but you don't trust each other yet. So it's like okay, you can trade stuff, but it's like we're not friends. Uh, so basically, you're going to be exploring as much as you can and conquering different access and building more heavens. Because also, at the end of the round, the more heavens you get, the more 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 points you can score. But everything sounds easy, right? So far, like, okay, well, I can do that. Well, hold on a minute. Because before you do all that, you're going to read the chapter of that round, right? So you're going to read the chapter, let's say it's the first chapter, and something is going on on the land. Like, you know, it will tell you a very nice narrative folklore story of, you know, like, as the skies go dark, the uh, the, the empire send uh, their legions to dominate the south of the land while the chaos, the chaos horde was coming from the west and whatever. So then it's going to tell you, like, okay, spawn a legion, so you're going to draw one legion card, and it will be one very powerful standee that you're going to place in a particular place. And when those uh, bad guys come in play, well, they're going to do something bad as, as well right away, usually. And then you're going to reveal a horde as well, most more than anything, and you're going to place a horde on the board. So now it's up to you, once you do your actions, to try to kill them as fast as you can. Because then after you resolve all your actions, well, they're going to activate if they have activation tokens. And they're going to be moving uh, towards you more, more than anything. That The Empire is going to be moving towards you, trying to hunt you and destroy your heavens. And the Chaos, they basically are trying to leave a curse every X that they are. So, for example, when the, when the Chaos activate... They will leave a curse on the hex that they are. And if there's already a, a curse, they will just going to score a victory point. But let's assume there's not. Well, they're going to place one there and they're going to be moving towards the capital, which is the main X at the middle. Uh, you know, they're trying to fight the Empire as well. They're not friends. They're both enemies as well with each other and with us. So, you know, they're going to be doing all these kinds of mess. And then uh, at, at any point, if one of your units or your any of units encounter a different unit meaning chaos or empire on the on a, on a hex then the fight's going to start and the fight basically is with dice rolling and you have different values for range and different timing for range the combat it's a whole mini game that that is it's it 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 needs you know their his learning curve but basically it's rolling dice and some dice are more powerful than others and you know at the end you compare results they hit simultaneously they both take damage simultaneously you losing warriors and going to the grab yards of whoever killed them either empire or chaos uh, or you making damage to those legions or killing skeletons but every time that you kill skeletons which is like like the minions of the of the horde guys you get victory points when you kill one of those big guys either legions or hordes 
well, then you get more likely two or three victory points and you're just going to keep advancing as you do that. As you resolve quests as well, they're going to give you, uh, they're going to they're gonna require you a condition of this certain amount of symbols that you have to roll with your dice, uh, with your attributes, with your character, and then you can hopefully succeed those quests and get also victory points through there. Or being able, or sometimes it will help you to stop the spread of curses and stuff. Uh, and I'm just going like in a very, very <laughs> brief overview of what the game has, right? Um, so anyway, you're gonna be doing that. You're gonna be trying to find the garrisons. You're gonna be trying to find the legions to fight the the chaos hordes uh, and the skeletons, especially the skeletons, because if they get a group of three skeletons, forget it. The skeletons dies and a horde comes in play. And the court, the hordes are always awful. So anyway, after you do your turn. Then the bad guys will go. They will try to fight you or go toward the capital or spread the curse. Then they're going to score victory points by uh, the different factions of uh, of uh, bodies that they have on their graveyard, either from you, from your friend, or from the opposite um, um, team, I guess, the other bad guys, either in, in Empire or Legions or uh, Hordes. And they're going to score points through that. And that will basically summar- will summarize like a brief round. Then you're going to score points depending on how many heavens you have on the board, that's why you want to keep them there. If the, even if you get destroyed those heavens, you want to rebuild them there, which basically are like your towns, uh, and you're going to score points for that, and then uh, you can trade resources to score points, but you usually won't do that until the end of the game. And if at the end of the game, after exploring, fighting, building heavens, destroying garrisons, uh, destroying legions, destroying hordes, and you know figuring out around the board, if at the end... You are able, you and the other characters are able to be above on the score track than the Legion and the Horde, you um, win the game. If not, if just one of you is tied with the bad guys or below the bad guys, well, guess what? You lose and you fall into the curse of the last Emperor. And that's surprising. Um... It's a big game, my friends. It's it's a really big game. Uh, my impressions on the game. I'm going to say something that is completely wrong. But I'm just going to say it. For me, it gives me the feeling of playing Blood Rage, but cooperative. I know, I know, I know that Blood Rage is completely different area control and whatever. But... It just gave me that. It really gives me that feeling, you know, playing Blood Rage in a cooperative way, even if if mechanics are a little bit different or or a lot different, and you know, it's it's just a different game. It really does. I'm glad that Euro, because I think it's a Euro game, um, are coming. Euros are coming more in a cooperative way, just like Atlantis Rising, you know, and Uprising. I mean, I really like this new. Um, uh, modality of playing euros in a co- in a cooperative manner, I think it's great um, because you can play it solo, right? Um, I think the components are top notch. It comes with game trays for each faction. That's the components are great. The inserts on the box, everything has their place. It's very nice. The setup, oh man, it takes a ping pong table. Like it's 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 huge. <laughs> it's huge. You really have to optimize your space with this one because. You have three boards where you're going to be placing stuff around. By the way, the characters, they also have cards that they can use to do certain abilities and stuff. And you get more cards every round and, and you can buy from the market and stuff. And it's that's very cool. Um, the cards, however, the quality of the cards, I don't like it. 
it feels like I don't know how to describe it, but it's very like cardboard-ish. The cards like they they stick with each other like a, a lot. Like I don't know what it is, but they just <laughs> they get to attach to with each other. It's kind of hard to shuffle them. Um, I just it's, they're not my favorite, you know, um, material. I guess I wish they could be more like Raccoon Tycoon, for example, or Wizard Lizard cards type of like very nice uh you know cards these are very definitely you can feel you can feel it's a kickstarter right like very cardboardy um just the cards uh, also one thing that i didn't like is that it seems very hard to sleep this game because they have a weird size that i haven't been able to find sleeves for the game i mean sleeves that fit perfectly right like you know this is the right size for this game like no I mean, I, I try to sleep the small cards, and it's, you have a big space uh, with the sleeves. And I'm using Game Genic, by the way, by Asmodee, or the previously owned Fantasy Flight uh, a sleeves brand. Um, but anyway, that's that's another thing that I didn't like. Um, one thing that it's a mix for me is that it's very hard. It's a very hard game. I can definitely see, though, that the more players the easier potentially it can get. Because I play it solo with two characters, and it's hard, and it also takes some uh, dedication as far as controlling like two characters, because you're going to have cards, you're going to have abilities, each each faction behoves, behaves differently. So it has that part of like, okay, like if you're playing solo like that AP, okay, like I want to do this, but okay, hold on, now these characters, no, it's better if he moves there, like, you know, that kind of thing. Like it doesn't go as smooth. Of course, once you play the game multiple times, it can it can be smooth. But if you if you really want to do things right, you really want to stop and think. Okay, like I should go there, I should go here, and then this this character should play this card uh, in that way. This happened, and then the other one. Or sometimes uh, something that is really positive though is that you can kind of like push or prepare the two uh, bad guys to fight each other, and that's very cool. Because basically you're rolling for them, but you're like witnessing how they destroy each other. So that's pretty cool and very helpful. Uh, but once the Chaos Horde starts to spread the curses, oh my god, it's so it's so hard to stop them because they're going to be scoring points uh, every round depending on the number of curses that they have in the board. And believe me, by third round, you're going to be swamped by curses if you're not able to take care of those hordes right away. Uh, it's a hard game, which is mixed because I really, and it's weird because I really usually like uh, hard games, but this is just go <laughs> go beyond that. Um, other than that, I think the game plays very well. I think this game is definitely staying in my gaming library. Actually, matter of fact, it's on my 10 by 10 year challenge so far, and I already played it seven times, so I just need like three more times, four more times, I guess. No, uh, yeah. Uh, since well, because I played uh, some of it last year, um, so that doesn't count. So this year I need six more, but I think I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna do it. Uh, you know, I think it plays cool two players, uh, three players as well. I haven't tried with four, um, but one solo mode is also very good. It's just that you have that AP if you wanna see it that way like with yourself like trying to decide where to go which is not too bad because you're the only one playing though so that's another thing uh one thing that it's also a mix for me is that um you know as you go through the game you're gonna have this huge list of things that you need to do each round once you play the game multiple times once again it will go smoother 
But the first couple of times, like like almost like a checklist, you know, like, okay, now do this, now do this, now do this, now replace this, now replace this, now replace this, now spawn this, now read this, now place this, now place that, now is your turn. And after your turn, okay, now you score this, now you do this, now, like a huge <laughs> checklist that is the size of a board. But I get it. It comes with the complexity of the game, and I think it's nice that it's there because, once again, it will help you on the first couple of games. But it's just a mix, you know, because... I feel like my first couple of games, they were not as smooth as I wish they could be. Of course, once again, once you play it and once you dominate the game a little bit better, well, it, it goes definitely more smoother. Uh, the rulebook is great. Everything is there. It's just, it's a lot going on in the game. It's a lot. It's really, really a lot going on. Um, and and yeah, I think for me, this game, Uprising Curse of Last Emperor, it's a solid 4.5. Like, it's a great, great game. It's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, and it's hard to rate this game just because it's a lot. It's a lot. I really like the acrylic. I haven't talked about the acrylic standees. I think they're great. And I love minis. But I think they are fantastic. I hope more games come like this. Like, it saves you all the craziness, <laughs> which I know I like too. I know a lot of you amazing listeners, you like too as well, of painting the minis. Like, I can't imagine this game being with minis. It would be a bunch of minis. And, oh man, it would be a headache to paint them just the time-wise. I'd much rather just play. And with the standees, they look very cool. Like, they really do very good, very good quality. Check them on the Instagram, Facebook, SoloBG Podcast, Twitter. I mean, I have posted many, many pictures of this game. And I know this game is making a, a huge boss. Foss, I'm sorry. Boss Lightyear, I guess I'm thinking about that movie that is coming up. It's making a, a huge fuss, uh, you know, around um, the solo gamer community. I think it's a great game. I regret, I really do. I really regret not getting the all-in, not getting the expansion and, and, the, and the dice. I really do. Uh, but anyway, this is definitely uh, one that I recommend. I don't know if it's going to hit retail, though. I don't know if they're going to come up with another Kickstarter. I hear they're planning something. But it, it's a game that I will definitely recommend if you can get your hands on and, and try to, to get it, to try to play it. Because I think you will like it, especially for solo mode. I think so far, I like it better solo than cooperative. But I'm really curious to really try, like, to the max number of players, try it four players, three players. It's going to be a long game, though. But I think that the more players you are, the easier it will get. Just because you get to focus in one character uh, and you get to be, in my opinion, or at least myself, get to be more efficient on my decisions and you get to rely on another person basically also a little bit more. So, um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think like once I play it also cooperative many more times, I think for me it would be the same here to play solo or cooperative because I just think... I just think the game is a great game. I'm so happy that I backed it. And once again, I regret not backing, backing the expansion and the dice. So with that being said, this was Uprising Curse of the Last Emperor by Nemesis Game. Once again, Happy New Year. Really, really, I, I'm very happy to be again on this 2022 recording another episode. Um, I'm going to try to be more consistent on a on a weekly basis or like week and a half-ish basis trying to record. It's just that life has been busy and there's more projects with the podcast in Spanish as well. We have another podcast coming on uh, or we're planning another podcast in Spanish as well. Hopefully I will have more, um, you know, 
for for the English uh, content as well. Besides Solo BG podcast, there's a few projects coming in on the door. Uh, we have a few interviews. We have more uh, games that we had to play from publishers. We have conventions. We have a lot of good stuff coming on this year. Um, so I really appreciate you, you know, taking your time to listen to this podcast. Please reach out to me at Solo BG Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a follow. That really helps us. Uh, also, if you want to send me an email, solobgpodcast at gmail.com. Whatever you're listening to, please rate the show five stars. I would really appreciate it. And share it, most importantly. Write a comment over there. If it's iTunes, just put whatever you want on the comments. Uh, and that really helps, you know, to help us to reach to more people. Um, you know, and that's it. I think I think this year is going to be great. Please stay safe. And like always, remember, till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. Drink tequila, spit summer at a Mexican bar. Crockett and I'm driving my car Maybe life is simple and I'm making it hard Maybe I should separate my brain from my heart Drove my motorcycle, breathe fumes on I-65 Texas Rose Nowhere left to go to go